Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome to Extra, the podcast, everybody. I'm Melvin Robert, and we have a great episode for you today. First up, Bachelor Joey is down to his final four women and headed into hometowns. He discusses this season's ending, which he says is unlike any other. Don't they always say that? Plus, Joe Manganiello shares the unexpected call that had him packing for the tropics and facing the elements. But we begin with Kate Winslet, who broke our hearts in Titanic won her Oscar for The Reader, and took home every award under the sun as a messy, small-town cop and mayor of Easttown. But she certainly has never played a paranoid, demented, authoritarian basket case until now in Max's The Regime. Kate shares what led her to the role and what it was like reuniting with Sense and Sensibility co-star Hugh Grant. Hi. Good Hi. Morning. Well, it's not morning for you, but hello, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Good, good. Um, I am excited to talk about the regime because your performance was phenomenal. I feel like you just brought to life this quirky yet confusing. It was giving mad king, mad politician. What was your inspiration behind this role? I mean, I have to be completely honest. I I just had to I just had to invent invent how to play her i mean so i was very very lucky will tracy our creator and showrunner and the team of writers across these six episodes they had done such a phenomenal job at crafting this really smart um absurd <laughs> unique unimaginable uh world for us all to step into um so the characters were there on the page but then giving them you know, giving giving them a backstory, rooting them in something that felt real, you know, understanding that Elena Vernon is in a very volatile, fragile, emotional and mental state and that, you know, this is not 
this is not a transient recent thing. This is clearly something that she's living with and that she's in a very acute phase of. And so I had to, I had to really kind of focus on that and, and, and lean into why she has become the way she has become. Mm-hmm. And also just accepting that she's probably always been this way. She was probably exposed to significant, unusual trauma as a child. She's lived this kind of weird, privileged, isolated life. And that that has all had an impact on her physical self, how she interacts with people, her close personal relationships, how she speaks, how she moves, that desire for love, that need for approval. Um, So I just, I dug right into all of it and, tried to do as much as I could with it in order to make it something that I've just never done before, you know? Yeah. I mean, you can't look away because again, all of her mannerisms, all of her um, just quirks in general, but also like the way she busts out into song, the Santa outfit, all of it just came together so well. When you read the script as you were going through it, how was it? What like stood out to you? So the thing that stood out to me really was this this character and just how extreme she could be. And we definitely added things and changed things. So Chicago, the song when she sings in episode one, that was it. the intention by the writers was that she would sing that well. It was a it was a performance to her people. And so I learned it and I did it well and I like could you know felt confident and kind of okay about singing it. And so we recorded it and Stephen Frears, our director of episodes one, two and, and four, he he said to me, it doesn't work. It doesn't, it just doesn't work singing it well. He said, I said, well, what, what shall I do? He said, do it badly. And I thought, my God, that is just such a genius piece of direction. Because then, of course, in episode one, right there as an audience, you are basically told this woman is delusional. And mm-hmm. so not only does it set the tone for the show in that one moment, mm-hmm. but it kind of gave us as actors so much room to play within this disjointed, quite um, at times absurd and terrifying world to exist in. Um, but it was it was honestly just a, it was just a huge amount of, of, of fun and profoundly challenging and uh, just such a privilege to work alongside such amazing performers, you know, um, and to have Stephen Frears and Jessica Hobbs, two directors. It's the first time I've ever worked with two directors and we all had to kind of really stick together and have the same vision for everything. And we built, you know, we built things in like the ice bath that was added later. Mm -hmm. Um, And Elena's the completion of her emotional arc and where she gets to in episode six, which we will not reveal because that would be spoiling things for people. Um, I'm going to do that. Those, those were things that, 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 I was able to implement as time went on. They weren't always necessarily present in the script. And mm-hmm. um, and it was lovely to have that collaborative relationship with the creatives um, so that we were all sort of in it together and on the same page. Definitely. And Kate, I mean, this, as you said, it's an amazing cast as well that you're working alongside. And I know that fans are going to be excited to see you back on screen with Hugh Grant as well. Oh, Hugh, he's so, I mean, he's just so brilliant. He's so formidable, you know, it's, um, it was such a, such a pleasure to work with him again after so many years. I mean, I was 19 when I did Sense and Sensibility and I really was just terrified and didn't know what the heck I was doing. And then so to sort of feel like I've kind of earned my place at the table a little bit more and work with him again now in my late forties, that was just such a, it was just such a, a, a joy. He just elevates everything, you know, just by walking into the room. He's so amazing. Definitely. Well, it was such an honor to talk to you. Thank you so much for being so gracious with your time. 
Oh, it's a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You can see the regime on Max March 3rd. Well, he already has a Golden Globe, an Emmy, a Tony, and now he's up for an Oscar for his performance in American fiction. Jeffrey Wright reveals how this role led him to a deep period of reflection. Plus, he talks about returning as police commissioner Jim Gordon in the upcoming Batman sequel. Take a listen. Yes, Billy, we are here with one man we're going to be seeing come Oscar night. Jeffrey Wright nominated for Best Leading Actor for his performance in American fiction. Good to see you. Good to see you, man. Yeah, yeah. lots of attention this season. Yes. Lots of attention for this role. Yeah, well, you know, that's a good thing. It's better than the alternative. When you do a film and <laughs> yeah. nobody cares, yeah. yeah, this is much, much better. Yeah, yeah, you said that this role really led you to this period of deep reflection in your life. How so? Well, uh, I think the character's journey is one of self-reflection. What I love about um, our film and about my character's arc is that he's not the same man at the end of the movie that he was at the beginning. He undergoes this process of consideration and thought and listening. He's been challenged here and there. And he's flawed. He's a flawed guy. Mm -hmm. But he receives these lessons along the way, and at the end of the day, he's... He's changed yeah. for the better. Yeah. I think that's a, a hopeful message for our audience. I think it's a hopeful message for the time. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, it's been, you know, uh, over the many months that we've been uh, trying to deliver the film to audiences and putting it in front of Academy voters and things like that, it's been a lot of uh, food for thought. Yeah. It's a thoughtful movie, a lot of ideas in it on the personal and, and kind of, you know, social commentary level. So yeah, it's been a reflective period for me. It's been, it's been in the overall good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would certainly say so. Court Jefferson says that you are one of the greatest living actors of all time. Well, I, I have to send him his check now. <laughs> um, I'll do that tomorrow. Uh, yeah, and uh, well, you know, he wrote this with me in mind. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, the character is, is reasonably smart. Yeah, he's, you know, funny, but he's also angry and, you know, a little uh, frustrating and frustrated. And so I have to ask myself what he saw in me uh, <laughs> that made him think I could do this. So um, I guess what he thought was that I was an actor who could stretch <laughs> and find myself in this role. It's, it's been a, it's, it's, it's a film that, for many reasons, is telling a story that people relate to. Mm. I think it's about conversations on the social commentary side that we're having in our country now, and people say, yeah, let's, let's talk about these things, and even as we do them, have a laugh. Yeah. Uh, you know, these sticky subjects around race and identity and, and inclusion, which everyone is thinking about now, but you know we don't really talk about them well. Inside this film, we talk about them well. It's also a story about a family yeah. that's as insane 
as anybody else's family, but also loving and inescapable like anyone's family. And so there's room for everyone inside this story. I don't know about Cords saying that about me as an actor. I'm, uh, I'm flattered, but I'm pleased that we were able to make a film together that was so personal for us and that um, seems to be so welcomed by audiences across backgrounds. You know what I think, um, what else it was about you playing this role? Your eyebrow game. <laughs> That's what it was too, because oh. he also said that your eyebrow game, eyebrow acting, second to none. Well, <laughs> well you know, the most powerful tools that you have working uh, on film are the eyes. Mm -hmm. And really what I try to do is, you know, tell story through the eyes and you know I guess the eyebrows are the frame <laughs> for, uh, for, for, for that but uh, again I owe Cord another check <laughs> that's two checks now yeah. that I owe but I think he's speaking the truth you know many folks Jeffrey have said this is a long time coming I mean you came onto the scene years ago on Basquiat went to Broadway in 93 for Angels in America won a Tony for that performance and many folks said you know you've been in it and you have been kind of deserving of this kind of recognition well, I, I appreciate that. Uh, it takes a lot to get to this place. We're really fortunate. We're a small film. We're a film that we shot in 26 days. I think the budget for our film was the same amount that they paid for <laughs> breakfast burritos on the last <laughs> Batman film I did. We're, a, you know, we're yeah. a modest film, but telling a big story. And the difference here, uh, the reason that we've gotten this attention is because yes, we made a good film, but also because we have incredible support from Orion, Amazon, MGM, and we've had support that, for me, I've never experienced before in my career. Yes, I've done good work, uh, but you have to have the resources, the energy behind you to get your film out there to audiences and to the Academy for consideration. And we had all of those ingredients with this film, and that's made the difference. So I appreciate that people think including members of my family, my 94-year-old aunt. Yeah, that's great, she said, but you should have been nominated a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if that was an indictment of me or the system, <laughs> but, uh, but you know, I, I hear that a lot. Uh, I'm just really appreciative that we're here now and that all of these pieces have come together around a film that we're proud of, mm -hmm. that we think is important, that we think is timely, that we think is entertaining, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I have no complaints about my career, mm -hmm. none at all. Um, I, although I may not have had support necessarily from the studios all the time in a film that I was central to, I've always had support, admiration, and respect from uh, artists in the industry. There were directors from early on who took an interest in me, direct directors like Sidney Lumet, Ang Lee. I have this wonderful relationship now with Wes Anderson. Mm -hmm. and, you know, Wes, Wes said he saw every piece of theater that I'd done in New York prior mm -hmm. to us meeting. And I was like, wow, well, you never came backstage and said, <laughs> yeah. I, had Hello? No, yeah. I had no idea. But he was seeing my work and saying, I want to work with this guy. And he ended up delivering to me with the French Dispatch one of the most beautiful pieces of writing that I have ever been asked to play. Mm -hmm. So there's always been support and appreciation for my work. Uh, it's just uh, on this one, it's support from the Academy. And so, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's pretty special. So as you get closer to Oscar night, Oscar day, March 10th, What's the prep going to be like, especially what time is your hair call on that day? Yeah, my hair call is quick. <laughs> my hair call is about 
two minutes before showtime. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, we're good. Let's go. Yeah. My only plan that day is to uh, to get in the ocean, to go out, paddle out, get a surf. Uh, before I try to do that before any of these big like kind of events, it helps calm calm the system for me. Just centers me and uh, gets me in a and in, in as clear a frame of mind as this brain can manage right now. Yeah. So yeah, that's the only thing just yet on my schedule for that day. Do you go Hobson? Do you go surf? Oscar. As much as I can. Yeah. As much as I can. Yeah. Uh, we've been uh, we've been experiencing some rains yeah. these past couple of days, so I haven't been out. Uh, uh, but and I probably won't get out today. But uh, I try to get out every day if I can, man. Yeah, have, it's good for me. Have you been able to process all that's been happening, all the acclaim that has been directed towards you over the last month? Process, uh, yeah, in some ways, you know, the thing that's been really moving is that uh, the Academy nominations come from our peers. Yeah. And they take a look at our work and they say, wow, yeah, that's good stuff. I've had an opportunity to meet people, actors that I admire but have never met who said, man, you know, I really love your work. Actors that I've worked with uh, over the years who I haven't seen in a while come in and said, man, this is some good stuff. I mean, that's nice. Who's been the most special connection? Most special connection. All of them in their own ways have been special. I have to say, though, I saw Eric Roberts at an event and we talked. He'd just seen the film. And man, the Pope of Greenwich Village was one of my <laughs> jams. Yeah. And also Runaway Train. I mean, he's just such a dynamic actor. So unpredictable, just so bad. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that was pretty cool because I had never met him before. Mm -hmm. And to find out that, you know, he dug my work too. Yeah, that was cool, man. You and Sterling K. Brown are making history mm. this year at the Oscars yeah. for, for your nominations. Yeah. What does it mean to share that experience with him? Oh, it's wonderful. Sterling's yeah. a, a brilliant actor, and to share that with him is wonderful. The film is also nominated, so that's reflective of the work of everyone involved, and that's, that's, uh, that's as it should be. But the thing about the, you know, this you know, first time that two uh, black actors have been nominated for lead and supporting in a film. It's curious to me though, I'm, I kind of look at, you know, after the first black president, you know, I look at these, uh -huh. uh, the first blacks that followed and I ask what took so long, right. you know? Yeah. Because it's not a reflection of the work that came before, it's a f reflection of the history and mm. some of the limitations that were, you know, uh, placed on, uh, on certain folks in mm -hmm. our country because they were, Work Sterling and I were thinking about. It. I was like, man, you know, uh, Denzel Washington was nominated for Malcolm X, but man, Delroy Lindo in the supporting role mm -hmm. and Al Freeman Jr. Mm -hmm. How were they not? Mm -hmm. I mean, so yeah, it's really wonderful. Mm -hmm. It's it's really cool, but we're the first only because there were others before us who, for whatever reasons, were underappreciated. That's right. Amen. We stand on the shoulders of giants. That's right. That's yeah. right. And and those who came before us, going back to the beginnings of cinema, mm. have had difficulties and challenges that we will never face, but they overcame them with supreme uh, talent and grace and dignity 
and we're here right now doing this work we have the freedom to do this work because that freedom was won for us by those who came before us so you know i just hope we do do that justice and that we do our work carrying on in the tradition of the incredible artists who who came before us who yeah very often went underappreciated but certainly not by me it's one of my favorite African proverbs, I am because we are. Yes, Mbutu. Yeah, Mbutu. Yeah, uh, before we let you go, just a quick look ahead. Batman 2. Yeah. Can you tell us anything? You know, I get into trouble anytime I say anything <laughs> about this. If I say I haven't heard anything, <laughs> then it seems to everyone out there that nothing is happening. Yes. So I'm, I'm, I, I just have to say, I am super excited to get back to Gotham when the time comes. I'm super excited to read the script when it is given me. I know that it has been uh, it has been written. I can't wait to see what Matt Reeves has done with it. He's such a brilliant writer. The first one um, was so fresh and so I think uh, innovative in reconsidering the franchise. And I love the tone of our Gotham. I love working with Rob. What we were able to create together. And yeah, man, you know, when, uh, you know, when they rev up the Batmobile again, yeah, uh, you know, I'll be right there. Yeah, well, yeah. in the meantime, we're going to see you at the Oscars. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming today. Thank you for your vulnerability oh. and for your extraordinary artistry. Yeah. Well, appreciate I you appreciate that. Thank I appreciate that. Thank yeah. you for representing for all of us. Well, thank yeah, you, man. Thank you. Thank you. American Fiction is in theaters now. And then there were four. Joey G's heart is still up for grabs, and extras Mona Kosar Abdi checks in with The Bachelor as he heads into hometowns. Joey discusses this season's ending, as well as some relationship deal breakers. Joey, Joey G, what is going on? Uh, bachelor life right now. Yes. It's been busy, but it's been fun. Okay, so since the last time I've seen you, it's probably been a whirlwind. Just give me, in a nutshell, what it's been like, even just the episodes airing. Yeah, it's been reliving it all, right? Like, yeah. each week, there's there's things that come out. You get to rewatch what the experience was, and uh, I've enjoyed it. It's been great so far. It seems like there's been a lot of great feedback, and I've just been trying to take each day as much as I could and, and you know, enjoy this whole thing. A lot of surprises. Probably the one that surprised me the most is... Uh, Jesse's French. Mm-hmm. He came through. He's got it. Yeah, yes. Montreal is like his second home, as he says. He spent yeah. a lot of time there, especially when he was on the Giants, I think. And he, he loves that area. It's, it's where he's from. So mm -hmm. I didn't know he had it in him until I heard it, too. But he's got it. Made you do a double take, right? Yeah, I know. I was like, it, it Do you pick him... up any words? Uh, no, no. I, <laughs> nothing stuck in French. I, I wish I did, because yeah. it's a beautiful language. But it just, it has this, like, I don't know. The, it, phonetically, it's hard for me to say it. Uh, and I, yeah. Not my strength. Very much so. Yeah. And we're starting to see, I mean, the stakes are getting higher mm -hmm. as the numbers go down. Um, we're starting to see a more vulnerable side of you. Mm -hmm. Is it weird to see it play back? Or again, are you reliving it? I think it's always tough to see yourself be vulnerable, especially mm -hmm. on TV and to like relive it. But uh, it's true, right? I think what's most important during this was I tried to be honest. I tried to have those conversations, even when it was with the camera about mm -hmm. 
the difficulties and it's not a role that's supposed to be easy you're put in very difficult situations you're given a lot of emotion you have to be expressing as much emotion as you possibly can um, it's a lot to hold it's a lot to bear and I think that it just showed this this past week in Montreal how it was starting to you know carry its weight and uh, it was time to kind of shed it a little bit and I'm, I'm glad that I did. Do you feel like some of the women brought it out of you? Because um, sometimes you don't know going into it how you're going to react in a certain situation, especially this situation where yeah. you don't, no one plans you for 25, dating 25 women at the same time. But do you think that some of the women brought out some issues that maybe you didn't even realize were within you? Yeah, I think as they are vulnerable, I'm being vulnerable too. And I think that's what they brought out is uh, with them sharing uh, parts of their past, things that they were insecure about. It's, it's natural for me to have that same feeling. And yeah, they definitely brought it out of me. Um, you also talk about just having your feelings reciprocated mm -hmm. because it is vulnerable to put yourself out there and, and express how you feel about someone only to not get it back. Yeah. Even in this process, though, you still kind of have those feelings? Yeah, I think that it's uh, it's just me trying to be honest. As much as I, I can be in this role and say I'm the bachelor, of course they'll choose me, it's it's not realistic because it's a big decision for them, too. It's it's a process where you have to look within and see if you can see this being your forever person and someone mm -hmm. that you want to spend the rest of your life with. It's, it's a big ask. So uh, I think my insecurities heightened it, but I think it's also natural to question, are they really going to choose me at the end of this? Especially as the person that I want to be the right person going to choose me at the end of this. That's, it's a lot of pressure. It's something that you feel through it. A lot of pressure. Um, even as the viewer, when we hear headlines like unprecedented season finale, that's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Um, everything's on the table. Mm -hmm. Anything can happen. We will talk about that, but first I want to talk about Maria. Mm -hmm. The chemistry is through the roof. Tell me a little bit more about what you like about her and what stood out. Yeah, I think Maria was just one of a kind. That's how I always describe it. She is her own person. Uh, she does things unapologetically. I think that uh, it was just a little different with her. And we always had fun. So with Maria, what you're feeling through the screen is just us enjoying the time, trying to make the most of it. Uh, she always says she doesn't like to take things too seriously, and I think you can feel that. Yeah, some people say she's a strong front runner. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess we're going to have to wait and find out. What? You're still hitting me with those teasers? I, of course I am. I can't say anything. I thought we build rapport. We have, but you know, I can't <laughs> say it right now. You know I have to hold that to my chest as long as possible. But we like her. Yes. Like no, Maria. Maria's great. Anyone at these last women that are left right now, mm -hmm. I can't say anything but great things about them. Uh, they're here for a reason. They're all people that I've had one-on-ones with, I've created a connection with. So uh, at this point, it's, it's really not a matter of who's great. It's who's great for me. Got you. I thought we were a little closer yeah, than we that. Are, Mo. Don't but, worry. Okay. Okay. Just next yeah. time. Blink next twice time. or something. Like, yeah, I'm not doing any blinking. Now. You're going to see <laughs> me here the entire time. I'm putting you on the spot. Okay, but speaking of people who are no longer here, those mm -hmm. are the women that are here, but the women that are no longer here is one of the women is Lexi. Mm -hmm. um, were you surprised about her reaction to your timeline about engagement, marriage, kids, etc.? Yeah, I wasn't surprised. I think what you felt was more. I thought we would have more time. Uh, she wasn't someone I was looking to send home that week. I, I thought that that conversation was the start of a bigger conversation. Uh, but I was trying as much as I could be in that situation to be honest about what I pictured. Mm -hmm. uh, it is a fast process through this. You get engaged uh, quicker than you normally would in a lot of ways. So I always did picture a long engagement. Mm -hmm. And I've always had in my mind that kids would be more down the road after we got married. So it was me trying to be as honest as possible. And I told respected her timeline uh, but yeah I think if you felt any shock it was 
that I thought there would be more conversations, but she was true to herself and she deserves nothing but the best. So I, I just supported her and understood why she brought it to me. Yeah, these are real life conversations. Yeah. I mean, heavy conversations, but necessary as well. Of course. Uh, we're getting into the hometown mm -hmm. episodes. Are you excited? Yeah, I think that's always a really cool part of this because uh, it's one thing that for these women to be able to share their own stories, but to share their family with the world, like it's special for them. I remember how it was on the other side. So I'm excited for them to get that opportunity. I'm excited for uh, America to see the four women that I have that connection with. And uh, it's always a fun episode to watch. Definitely. Um, even just from your experience doing on the other side with the hometown episodes, what's usually the thing that sticks out that um, is most memorable? I yeah, say. I think from the other side, it's seeing how your family's going to be on camera because it's so different. <laughs> You're uh, like, everyone behave. Yeah, or, or they just like, you can feel them feeling the camera when they're there. Uh, it's just different and you get a real insight to who the person is because you're always more comfortable around your family. Uh, you have so much to share with them from the experience. So I think it's just really one of the times that you get to see these women start to let their walls down even a little bit more. It's hard not to when you're around family. Definitely. Do you think that it's going to be a big factor in your decision um, the outcome of the hometown. Yeah, episodes. I think uh, hometown episodes for me, when I was going through that process, I just try to pay attention to, could I see myself being a part of this family? I think that's what the whole purpose is. Can you actually see yourself being a part of it? Because mm -hmm. if an engagement's gonna be the ending, if it's something I'm looking for, I would want to feel like I could be a part of their family as much as they could be a part of mine. Definitely, and how important is family to you? Family means the world. Uh, I wouldn't be the, the man I am today without my family. And uh, I think a lot of the women would say the same thing about theirs. And I think to be able to see them in that dynamic says a lot about who they are. Uh, and I don't know, it's, it's made me who I am, so I love it. Very much so. Um, so we talk about the families. Who, I mean, this is difficult, right? It's, it's difficult to process. Mm -hmm. Who do you go to for advice when you are just beating your head against the wall, can't figure out which direction to go. Yeah, I'm lucky that there's some people from the show uh, that, that were there through the process that understand everything and mm -hmm. I can always kind of lean on them. Uh, I have my family, I have my sisters, I have my dad, I have my mom, I have people that I can talk to about when things are tougher. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's good to feel like you have a support system and I'm lucky that I do. Oh, that's very important. So we, I told you I'd bring it back, the unprecedented season finale. Mm -hmm. There are some theories. Again, just one twice. What's your I mean, theory? I don't know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just throw out that I think my theories are the same as the fan theories. So I'm gonna throw out some options. Okay. Feel free to blink twice. I'm just gonna be stone cold. Exactly. Face, right? You can no have an, let your eyebrow twitch or something. But some people say that you are not going to choose anyone. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> That's You're my reaction. I said, mm -hmm. okay. Another theory is that you may get left, mm -hmm. and that the person you propose to is like, no thank you. Mm -hmm. That's a theory. That's a theory. And the third theory, the one that I actually am leaning towards, mm -hmm. you ready for this one? I'm ready. You're gonna have a change of heart and call up option number two, the person that you don't propose to. That's a theory. That's a theory. That's all I can say. That's a solid theory. All I can say is from what I am told, uh -huh. it hasn't happened before. And I think that people are just going to have to tune in enough now to figure out what that means. Uh, but it's fun to hear the theories. It's fun to hear yeah. what people think um, and where it's going to go. But yeah, it was an emotional day. And I, I think people will understand why once they actually see okay. it. There's one more theory, but I think I'm on the dark side of the internet, which Let's is you already have a wife and kids. And Oh, yeah. No, that's yeah. a dark theory. I can, <laughs> I can let you know I don't have a wife and kids. So we can squash that Okay, theory. so option number four is off the table. Option number four is not true. We can squash that today. But tell all. Mm -hmm. Are you ready? 
The tell-all. Uh, it's going to be my first one. I've never been on The Bachelorette. Um, obviously, it's my first one as The Bachelor. And, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think the cool part of that is it lets women who feel like they have more things to say, it gives them the floor to do it. And that's what the most important thing is. So yeah. I will be there to support, to answer questions where I need to. Am I excited for it? Probably not. But it's going to be what it is, and I'll, I'm, I'm going to be there for it. So... Do you think it's going to feel like one big roast session? I don't know. I really don't. <laughs> I, I think that it is on the women on how they're feeling and what they want to share. But uh, hopefully they're all nice to me. Aww. Well, I will say, and I, I told you this earlier too, that a lot of people are even having trouble figuring out who it is that you're going to end up picking because you're so nice to everyone. I try my best. So <laughs> I, I, they're going to find out what's going to happen here soon, but it's nice to hear people say those kind of things. About okay. Me. Fifth fan theory. Me, okay. I'm the fan. Here it is. You're gonna bring out a savage side, and that's mm. the, the unprecedented Which is part. Just right now. The maybe the most. I think I can I can squash that theory too, but we'll see. Any um, regrets? No, no regrets. Nothing that I look back on that I'm I'm, I'm mad about. I think, uh, as I said through mm -hmm. a lot of it, I, I just went with my gut. I went off connections. I went with my gut. Uh, if I saw something that it could have made a difference, maybe I'd have regrets. But I haven't felt that at least to date so far. Any cringe moments? I mean, I say a lot of the same <laughs> things. I make the I've heard the joke enough. I say I love that every other sentence. So I need new words. I need more vocabulary. But that's the only cringe thing I could think of so far. Oh my gosh, I say that too. So. Yeah, you, you have a consistent thing that you say and I'm like man I say I love that way too much <laughs> well maybe you do love that I do love it but yeah. I could probably use a different word maybe I like that every you now you could say then. yes yeah. I don't know if so, I can pull that one no. off what was easier having to go on the group dates or Cirque du Soleil uh, group date was definitely easier uh, I did not know I had that much issue with dizziness that wasn't something like I don't yeah. get car sick I've been on roller coasters but yeah. that was a new uh, yeah new thing that I've never uh, had the ability to feel before and it got me so it was fun it yeah. actually was but you could see on that episode that I was I was struggling so you've been on those teacup rides yeah. and you had no problem no nothing too bad that was a different level I, I think if you could see the full footage like I was spinning it was a long time. It, the only thing I could compare it to is like when you were a kid and they put you on one of those spinning chairs yep. and they go until you like can't deal with it anymore. Yeah. But then it keeps going. It doesn't stop. It was, yeah, it, I think the, the, um, the lady that was there that was helping us said that she, for the first couple of times in training, like wouldn't eat before because it was so hard on her. Like you have to build yeah. the tolerance for it. I can only imagine. I mean, I'm someone who gets car sick. Like even if I walk too fast, I get motion sick. You so, yeah, you I, I, I know my limitations one. very well. Yeah. Hence why I asked the teacup question. Yeah, no, but you're I can saying do the you're teacup. good. You had no history of dizziness. No, that was the first time <laughs> I got that hit by it. Okay. Do they check you out beforehand? To yeah, make sure I you're think good? someone made a little check to make sure I was okay. I survived it. I was good. It's you just good. you know you got to see me experience <laughs> dizziness on TV and get a little goofy, I guess. That's totally fine. Okay. So the last time we were here, mm -hmm. I told you that I apologized because I didn't have a rose for you. Okay. Okay. So I, I told you I'd have a rose the next time you'd come back. Here you go. Wait. Thank you. Am I, are you giving it to me or yes. am I going to give it to you? No, I'm going to give it to you. Oh, I'm so honored. Joey, would you accept this rose? 10 out of 10. I would love ah! to. That was very nicely Thank done. Thank you. you. I've been practicing. That. I know. But I'm also going to give you a red flag because mm -hmm. we're going to play a game called Rose or Red Flag. Okay, I like it. If something is cool and on the table, you give rose. me a rose. If you're like, no, this is a red flag, wave it like the United Nations. Okay. okay? Got it. There you go. All right. I'm going to have to get. I got props. No, right. I'm going to have to look at some of the questions because I don't know them off the top of my head, but. You're good. Yeah. Okay. Still friends with their ex. 
Oh, that is a tough That's one. Man. I would have to, I will say red flag if it's a friend that you're spending a lot of alone time with. If it's something that mm -hmm. seems like it's a little bit too personal, red flag. But I'm all for having like the ability to be cordial with them and not have any like bad blood. So if they were just cool, Rose, if they're hanging out, whack. Red flag, flag. right. Um, and uh, there's so many factors that matter, right? Yeah, like, you're like, how long was this? One. Is this like high school ex? Yeah. Or two weeks ago? You're allowed to be friendly, <laughs> but don't be hanging out with them on the regular. Definitely. I, I condone the red flag. Yeah. Um, likes pineapple on their pizza. So I would give a rose, but again, with a little bit of some added to it, you need to have some heat on it. Just, just <laughs> pineapple's disgusting. But if you put like jalapenos, it's surprisingly pretty good. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't know if I can get behind that it's one. Okay. And it's okay. I know it's not okay. a loved opinion, but I'm saying you got to try it. With the jalapeno and pineapple, it's actually pretty good. All right. Speaking of trying, maybe this person doesn't want to try new things and they're a picky eater. Mm, mm. Picky eater. I don't know if that really is a red flag, is it? I, I, sure, why not? Because let's just be a Are little you a off. foodie? I'm, I do love food, and I love trying new things. I was a picky eater as a kid. Okay. I think everyone is at a certain point in their life, but um, if they like can't go to a restaurant and pick something off the menu, that would be a red, red flag. flag. You, got, you got to be willing to eat. You're like, I have empathy, but come on, yeah, girl. I mean, that'd be rough if every time we had to be really tough on eating. That'd be, that'd be tough. That'd be tough. All right, let me see the other ones. Mm. Not a fan of the outdoors. Yeah, it's right. I already knew you were gonna yeah, say. Right. I love going outside. I, we wouldn't be able to do stuff together if you yeah. can't if you can't be open to going and doing things in nature or spending time outside and looking at different things. We just wouldn't work. So that's that's a personal red flag. I don't think it's a bad thing, but you got to be outside. So definitely too. don't lead with that out of the limo. No, don't be like <laughs> I, I love staying inside all the time. That just be waving it right in their face. Um, which I'm oh, sorry. Okay. Um, oh, this one. You ready? Mm-hmm. Talks to pets like they're people. Oh, the biggest oh. rose of all time. I okay. love it. Pets are the best. They're better than people most of the time. So okay. I'm, all, I'm all day for that. Love that. Okay. I didn't know where that one was going to no, go. No, we're good. Were like, yeah, oh, puppy gosh. talk, all of it. It's great. Um, loves to take selfies, posts a lot on social media. Hmm. That's a tough one. I mean, it's, it's today's world. I could still give a rose behind it. Okay. Uh, if it's over the top, maybe. But no, I mean... If you're confident you want to show it off, show it off. Taking some life, though, yeah. right? Yeah, taking some life. If it's too much, that would be a flag. But you didn't say it was too much. They just like to do it from time to time. All right, there you go. You got a rose. Um, super into zodiac signs and astrology. Mm, that's not a red flag. I think that's a new part of the world. I would give a rose to that. Okay. Um, I think it's a cool way to look at perspective. Again, there's limits with everything. If it's all they do and all they talk about, okay. then it would be a flag. But uh, I think it's, it's normal to have that be part of your life now. But you wouldn't cut someone off if they're like, you have such Gemini traits. Joey. Yeah, I mean, I, I get Geminis get a bad rep. I, it would be a yeah, red flag if they wouldn't give me a chance because of my, my zodiac or astrology. That would be, that would be a flag if they wouldn't yeah. even get to know me and they just go off of that that's such gemini of you yeah such a gemini <laughs> response there you go um still lives at home yeah it's still a rose it could be many reasons why they live at home um, right yeah you gotta understand why if they don't want to leave home red flag we gotta have our own place but yeah if they are still living at home there could be many reasons for that i, I dig that one um leaves dishes in the sink <gasps> yeah. oh, that's okay. a big one for me. Uh, I get if you do it. I have a 24-hour rule. Would probably be my answer. If you if you're rushing, you gotta toss them in the sink. But there's no reason before you go to bed you can't clean that up and throw it in the dishwasher. Like it just gets gross. Yeah. 
No, I feel that one. Um, what about takes up too much closet space? Let her, let her go. That's fine. Okay. She's going to have more clothes than me, probably. That's fine. America's watching. Yeah, that's that good. That, <laughs> let it happen. We're good. Um, all right, last one. Okay. All right, you ready for this one? Try to trick me on this one. Here you go. No, I mean it's just close to your heart. What if she doesn't want to play tennis? No, that's fine. Oh, it's it's my it's like my love, but it doesn't have to be her love. I would hope that she would be open to learning more about it, but she doesn't have to play. It's not for everyone. It just is for me. All right, you passed the test. All right. (laughs) The Bachelor airs Mondays on ABC. And finally today, Joe Manganiello is back on TV. But this time, he's taken on the brand new role of game show host, taking over for Howie Mandel with a brand new version of Deal or No Deal. Extras Terry Seymour catches up with Joe, and he shares the unexpected call that had him packing for the tropics and facing the elements. So, Joe, first of all, congratulations. Thank you. On Deal or No Deal Island. Mm-hmm. So, tell me, how did this come about? Did Howie call you up? Did what? <laughs> uh, NBC called me up. Uh, it came out of the blue, just out of nowhere. NBC oh. wants to talk to you about this thing. Okay. So, um, got together there with, with, with everyone involved, all the producers, and they pitched me the show. And they had known that I was um, kind of a world explorer. I go on expeditions sometimes. Like I went to Iceland a few years ago and documented it all. And uh, I've been known to go and do outdoorsy type things. And uh, they also knew that I was, you know, I, I had worked for Dungeons and Dragons for about eight years. So oh, we know how much you love. Why well, I, I work for them? I work for them. I was hired to develop a TV series for them. I was directing their 50th anniversary documentary. So they knew that I was a documentary filmmaker. And so I think all of these things kind of wove together. And um, I'd always avoided, you know, hosting a show because there was, you know, for a time, you had to choose your lane and stay in it. So you know, when you, when you're acting, you act. And, and, and this is a completely different animal. But now, it's, it's different. Yeah, why you know, not the try world, The world different. is different. And, and, and this, I'm also a survivor junkie, a naked and afraid junkie. Oh, wow. When I'm traveling and I'm on set somewhere, or I'm in my hotel room, or you know, I'm in my trailer, I'll pick a season of Survivor and just go through it. And I have other friends who do the same thing, and we call each other. And yeah. like, so, you know, we're all just like big fans yeah. of, of, of that type of show. So when they pitched me this version, this update, it was, it was more like that. And so I just thought, you're calling the right person. Like, I know the inner workings of this. I know, you know, I've kind of studied it, if you will. And uh, it just was the right fit at the right time. So um, it was, uh, and, and it's, Probably the most fun I've ever had working. Really? Yeah, yeah, I love it. So it was the it was just the right job at the right time. And it probably doesn't hurt that you're on a beautiful island. Yes, Did we're that have on. Well, to do with it? here's the thing. I mean, I'm working. <laughs> you know, I'm working like every day. You know, um, you know, six day weeks. I'm, I'm not trying to say like I'm in a coal mine here, but like you know, like it, it was it was hard work, and it's you know, 100 degrees out, 100 percent humidity. You are in the jungle, yeah. snakes monkeys in the trees throwing things at people. Uh, <laughs> scorpions, you've got giant spiders this big, you've got, you know, the elements. Are you okay with all of those creatures and the snakes? I was and... the designated exterminator on the island. Really? Yes. I've, I mean, I took out 
scorpions, giant spiders. Oh There's a giant like jungle bee that got into my trailer oh. at one point. So it's always like, Joe! And I'm like, <laughs> you know. Got it, yeah. you're safe. But yeah. So you're okay, so you're not scared of that type of stuff. So you were the man to call. No, I'm used to that. I'm used to that being part of my job description. So what was the most challenging aspect then of this job? Most challenging aspect of this job, um, and what is Gosh. your role as well? What explain to us what your role is? So I'm I'm the host, but you know what does that mean? Um, it, it's I have to think like a documentary director when I'm out there because I'm thinking what are the shots? I'm thinking what's going on with who? I'm watching the game I'm play out, and I'm watching the drama play out. I'm watching people's. You asked me what the hardest thing about the job was. It was my heart breaking for people mm. because the stakes are so high. There's $200 million hidden in total on that island. And the amount of money that people are playing for, life-changing money for anyone, and to watch that roller coaster, sometimes they win, sometimes they don't. So I have to, I, you know, I, I can't get swept up in that and I have to kind of stay somewhat as impartial as I can as I'm watching, you know, amazing and, and terrible things happen to people and play out. And, uh, and, and it just adds to the drama. And I've, I've got to be right in there and either, you know, help them walk through that, um, cheer with them when they win, and mourn with them when they lose. So we know that royalty came out of <laughs> Deal or Nil, No Deal. We know that royalty came out of Deal or No Deal back in the day. Mm -hmm. Meghan Markle. Mm -hmm. So can we expect a princess or anybody popping up on the island for this new version? You'll, you'll have to tune in and see. I mean, anything could happen. I don't think anybody saw that with Meghan when she was on the show. So you'll have to tune in and see. But anything could happen. You've, you've got this lingo down already, haven't you? Do I? You okay. do, well, you do. Maybe it's yeah, the right job for me at the right time. What about Howe's involvement? Mm -hmm. Howe is an executive <clears throat> producer, mm -hmm. correct? So how is how much is he involved? And what have the conversations been like between the two of you? Um, you know, I'm, I, we shot a promo before the show aired, um, or started airing, uh, where he hands off the briefcase. And, you know, that was it. You know, we got together and I kind of looked and I've known him for many years and I just said, you know, out of all the gin joints, you know, I'm the one who's taking the briefcase. And we just had a laugh about that. Um, but that was pretty much it, you know. Um, the show is really run by um, a, a brilliant, brilliant team. You know, but like we have an all-star team that is producing and, and, and creating the show and running the show. Matt Kunitz, who created Fear Factor, runs a show, so there's an element of that. Um, you, you've got uh, the entire crew was up from Australia who worked on Survivor for years. Um, our story team uh, was the Big Brother story team. So they're watching at what happens at camp and wow, trying to figure out who's team. beefing with who, who yeah. gets along, who doesn't. And, and then, you know, we all would meet outside of my trailer after every single, you know, either excursion or challenge or, you know, um, um, deal or no deal temple at night after they play the game. We meet and then go over what happened, 
Did you see that? Did you see this person say that to them or whisper that? What did they say? What was on the mic? You know, we're trying to figure out who's going what direction and what could possibly happen and try to plan for that so that we just, you know, part of documentary filmmaking is making sure that you have that camera ready to go when that thing explodes. It's very different, isn't it? It's very, very different. Very fun. To the original. Do, were you like the rest of us and were you a fan of the original? And were you a fan of the original one? And were you screaming at the TV when you were watching it? Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I was a fan. I'm, I'm, I'm just a fan of like games in general, you know? Um, when I was growing up, we would like watch the game show network and put it on mute and play $25,000 pyramid where you, you know, you turn your back to the TV and somebody gives you the clues or password we play that way. So, um, you know, I watch Jeopardy all the time. So yeah, deal or no deal, of course, when it came out, I was like, what's this all about? And I have to check it out. Um, there's a lot of luck involved with deal or no deal. Um, there is a lot of luck, a lot of providence involved with this game, but there also are these challenges, which, not only test you in a physical way, are you afraid of heights? Are you afraid of snakes? Can you swim a long distance and tread water with holding a torch up out of the water and make sure that it doesn't go out? Like, yeah. can you follow directions? Can you, can you give verbal directions to someone through a walkie-talkie over a great distance? Can you map read? Can you, you know, there's all of these things that, that I think, um, you know, can you put your arm into a box of snakes? No, right? the only thing I'd be able to do is the walkie-talkie. <laughs> I'm listening to you thinking, that is literally all I would be able to do. So you're watching these people <laughs> overcome, you know, real phobias and issues, and, yeah. and the challenges are designed to test that. It's how bad do you want it? Can you get over something that's held you back your whole life? And that's something that's really unique Very ab exciting. about this game, and, and really, fun to watch as an audience. Last thing, because they're wrapping me, did Howie get teary when he had to hand over the briefcase? <laughs> have you ever seen Howie get teary? <laughs> I have, actually. Have okay. I have, and that's why I asked because just imagine, he was like... Not in front of me. Me <laughs> <laughs> in front of you, not in front of me. So. <laughs> I don't like to see in that moment. So yeah. the show premieres February... 26th. February 26th. Tune in. Um, you'll get hooked. Brilliant. Yeah. You sound like you loved it. I loved it. It was like, I want to do this twice a year for the rest of my life. Wow. Like, it's like I found this, I love this thing. Yeah, I love it, I love it, I love it. So Joe, first of all, congratulations. Thank you. On Deal or No Deal Island. Mm -hmm. So tell me, how did this come about? Did Howie call you up? Did what? <laughs> uh, NBC called me up. Uh, it came out of the blue. Just out of nowhere. NBC oh. wants to talk to you about this thing. Okay, so um, got together there with, with, with everyone involved, all the producers, and they pitched me the show. And they had known that I was um, kind of a world explorer. I go on expeditions sometimes. Like I went to Iceland a few years ago and documented it all. And uh, I've been known to go and do outdoorsy type things. And uh, they also knew that I was you know, I, I had worked for Dungeons and Dragons for about eight years, so. Oh, we know how much you love. Well, I, I work for them. I work for them. I was hired to develop a TV series for them. I was directing their 50th anniversary documentary. So they knew that I was a documentary filmmaker. And so I think all of these things kind of wove together. And um, I'd always avoided, you know, hosting a show because there was, you know, for a time, 
you had to choose your lane and stay in it. So you know, when, you, when you're acting, you act. And, and, and this is a completely different animal. But now, it's, it's different. Yeah, why you know, not the try world, The world different. is different. And, and, and this, I'm also a survivor junkie, a naked and afraid junkie. Oh, wow. When I'm traveling and I'm on set somewhere, or I'm in my hotel room, or you know, I'm in my trailer, I'll pick a season of Survivor and just go through it. And I have other friends who do the same thing and we call each other. And yeah. like, so, you know, we're all just like big fans yeah. of, of, of that type of show. So when they pitched me this version, this update, it was, it was more like that. And so I just thought, you're calling the right person. Like, I know the inner workings of this. I know, you know, I've kind of studied it, if you will. And uh, it just was the right fit at the right time. So um, it was, uh, and, and it's probably the most fun I've ever had working. Really? Yeah, yeah, I love it. So it was, the, it was just the right job at the right time. And it probably doesn't hurt that you're on a beautiful island. Yes, Did we're on, well, here's the thing. I mean, I'm working, <laughs> you know, I'm working. Like every day, you know, um, you know, six day weeks. I'm, I'm not trying to say like I'm in a coal mine here, but like you know, like it, it was it was hard work, and it's you know, 100 degrees out, 100% humidity. You are in the jungle, yeah. snakes, monkeys in the trees, throwing things at people, uh, <laughs> scorpions. You've got giant spiders this big. You've got you know the elements. Are you okay with all of those creatures and the snakes? I was the designated exterminator on the island. Really? Yes. I've. I mean, I took out. Scorpions, giant spiders. Oh There's a giant like jungle bee that got into my trailer oh. at one point. So it's all like, Joe! And I'm like, you know. <laughs> got it, yeah. you're safe. But yeah. So you're okay, so you're not scared of that type of stuff. So you were the man to call. No, I'm used to that. I'm used to that being part of my job description. So what was the most challenging aspect then of this job? Most challenging aspect of this job, um, and what is Gosh. your role as well? What, explain to us what your role is. So I'm, I'm the host, but you know, what does that mean? Um, it, it's, I have to think like a documentary director when I'm out there because I'm thinking what are the shots, I'm thinking what's going on with who. I'm watching the game I'm play out and I'm watching the drama play out. I'm watching people's, you asked me what the hardest thing about the job was, it was my heart breaking for people mm. because the stakes are so high. There's $200 million hidden in total on that island. And the amount of money that people are playing for, life-changing money for anyone. And to watch that roller coaster, sometimes they win, sometimes they don't. So I have to, I, you know, I, I can't get swept up in that. And I have to kind of stay somewhat as impartial as I can as I'm watching, you know, amazing and, and terrible things happen to people and play out. And, uh, and, and it just adds to the drama. And I've, I've got to be right in there and either, you know, help them walk through that, um, cheer with them when they win, and mourn with them when they lose. So we know that royalty came out of <laughs> Deal or Nil, No Deal. We know that royalty came out of Deal or No Deal back in the day. Mm -hmm. Meghan Markle. Mm -hmm. So can we expect a princess or anybody popping up on the island for this new version? You'll, you'll have to tune in and see. I mean, anything could happen. I don't think anybody saw that with Meghan when she was on the show. So you'll have to tune in and see, but anything could happen. 
You've, you've got this lingo down already, haven't you? Do I? You okay. do. Well, you do. Uh, maybe it's yeah, the right job for me at the right time. What about how is involvement? Mm-hmm. How is an executive <clears throat> producer, mm-hmm. correct? So how is how much is he involved? And what have the conversations been like between the two of you? Um, you know, I'm, I we shot a promo before the show aired um, or started airing. Uh, where he hands off the briefcase. And, you know, that was it. You know, we got together and I kind of looked and I've known him for many years and I just said, you know, out of all the gin joints, you know, I'm the one who's taking the briefcase. And we just had a laugh about that. Um, But that was pretty much it, you know. Um, The show was really run by um, a a brilliant, brilliant team. You know, but like, we have an all-star team that is producing and, and, and creating the show and running the show. Matt Kunitz, who created Fear Factor, runs the show, so there's an element of that. Um, you, you've got uh, the entire crew was up from Australia who worked on Survivor for years. Um, our story team uh, was the Big Brother story team. So they're watching at what happens at camp and wow, trying to figure out who's team. beefing with who, who yeah. gets along, who doesn't. And, and then, you know, we all would meet outside of my trailer after every single, you know, either excursion or challenge or, you know, um, um, deal or no deal temple at night after they play the game. We meet and then go over what happened. Did you see that? Did you see this person say that to them or whisper that? What did they say? What was on the mic? You know, we're trying to figure out who's going what direction and what could possibly happen and try to plan for that so that we just, you know, part of documentary filmmaking is making sure that you have that camera ready to go when that thing explodes. It's very different, isn't it? It's very, very different. Very fun. It's the original. Were you like the rest of us and were you a fan of the original? And were you a fan of the original one? And were you screaming at the TV when you were watching it? Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I was a fan. I'm, I'm, I'm just a fan of like games in general, you know? Um, when I was growing up, we would like watch the game show network and put it on mute and play $25,000 pyramid where you, you know, you turn your back to the TV and somebody gives you the clues or password. We play that way. So, um, you know, I watch Jeopardy all the time. So yeah, deal or no deal. Of course, when it came out, I was like, what's this all about? And I have to check it out. Um, there's a lot of luck involved with deal or no deal. Um, there is a lot of luck, a lot of providence involved with this game but there also are these challenges, which not only test you in a physical way, are you afraid of heights? Are you afraid of snakes? Can you swim a long distance and tread water with holding a torch up out of the water and make sure that it doesn't go out? Like, yeah. can you follow directions? Can you, can you give verbal directions to someone through a walkie-talkie over a great distance? Can you map read? Can you, you know, there's all of these things that, that I think, um, you know, can you put your arm into a box of snakes? No, right? the only thing I'd be able to do is the walkie talkie. <laughs> I'm listening to you thinking that is literally all I would be able to do. Out of this. So you're watching these people <laughs> overcome, you know, real phobias and issues and, yeah. and the challenges are designed to test that. It's how bad do you want it? Can you get over something that's held you back your whole life? And that's something that's really unique very ab- about this game and, and really fun to watch as an audience. Last thing, because they're wrapping me, did Howie get teary when he had to hand over the briefcase? <laughs> have you ever seen Howie get teary? <laughs> I have, actually. Have okay. I have. 
have, and that's why I asked. Because just imagine, he was like, not in front of me. Me in front of you, not in front of me. So. I don't like to see in that moment. So the yeah. show premieres February twenty-sixth. February twenty-sixth. Tune in. Um, you'll get hooked. Brilliant. Yeah. You sound like you loved it. I loved it. It was like I want to do this twice a year for the rest of my life. Wow. Like, it's like I found this, I love this thing. Yeah, I love I it, tell. I love it, I love it. Deal or No Deal Island airs Mondays on NBC. Well, that's all we've got for you today, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to listen and follow on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. We'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>